I uh, told a story at work today that was received well by the person I was telling it to. And I was like, oh, maybe this could be podcast material. But it was very without context. It's not funny or good. Let's hear it. Well, this is going to be the most pointless story I've told yet <laughs> in this chair. I mean, that's a, it's a tall order. <laughs> I was talking to a guy at work about Excel, the Microsoft program. <laughs> okay, I see where you're... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he was showing me a function in Excel, and I said, oh, I never learned how to use Excel properly. Uh, and then I told him the story of the time. <laughs> this is a story within a story. <laughs> it is nested. Oh. I told him the story of the time that I was a book editor uh-huh. for a small children's book company. It was a very small company of like seven people, but they were downsizing. I was the last one in, the first one out. This was right after the 2008 financial crash. Ah, yes. A classic tale. They said, so we're getting rid of your position. We can't justify it. We need to retrench. But we'd love to keep you around. Our accountant is leaving. So we're going to shift you over to accounting. (laughs) (laughs) Was it something that was just on paper? Did they they wanted you to do the same job, but like you would just be... No, they wanted me... They they were like... Like not in name only. Oh, the accountant was quitting. the, The accountant was leaving. So and they need an accountant. They need an but accountant. They didn't need whatever you were doing. They were like, "We happen to need an accountant now. You're here. You're, we're eliminating your position. We like you. You're here. Oh. Why don't we shift you over <laughs> to accounting?" Did you protest? I, I think I, guess I you wanted a job. I needed a job. Yeah. I, I think I was honest about feeling like I wasn't up to the task. That this is not going to fit. So anyway, the plan was come in on Monday, <laughs> and we're going to have you shadow our current accountant. Mm. The current accountant, I think, was against this plan from the from the start, even yeah. though she was leaving. No, I'm sure it's not pleasant if you are trained to do a job and then you're leaving and they say, okay, well, well this schmo is going to do your job. <laughs> right. He doesn't know anything about anything. <laughs> Can you teach him how? Yeah. It's insulting. It is. And I think she was insulted. She kept using the term, it's like a square peg in a round hole. Or a round. About you and yeah. the role? Yeah. <laughs> to your face? But she said that. To she, your face? Oh, well, Yeah. <laughs> She said that throughout the day, and she started saying that. <laughs> She's just entreating to anyone to anyone who's listening, like, look at this square peg right here. <laughs> trying to fit in the round hole that is my position. <laughs> but, you, sir, are a square peg. <laughs> you know, throughout the day, I was bumbling my way through <laughs> QuickBooks and Excel, and I didn't know a Ugh. thing about anything. Yeah. Didn't know the shortcuts. Not only did I not know what I was doing, but I didn't even know the programs in which I was working. Yeah, yeah. By the end of the day, I think we both admitted, this isn't going to work. I would love a job, but this is not the one. But I I physically can't do this one. Yeah. Back to unemployment, I go. Is that the end of the story? Yeah. I know it was working up to something, but there's no punchline. Well, I think that there could be. Help me come up with a punchline to that story. You want to workshop this story live? Because I'd love to be able to tell it in the future. (laughs) I think I might want to do the world a favor and not help you (laughs) workshop this story. But I think ultimately, I mean, it's a story about being insulted and taking it. Um, (laughs) But I don't know if that's a good lesson to learn. It is a story about knowing your limits. Mm -hmm. I will say she wasn't giving me the vote of confidence I maybe needed in that Mm -hmm. that moment. Like Mm -hmm. she was constantly denigrating me throughout the day. (laughs) <laughs> she was undermining me uh and it wasn't 
making me confident that I could do the job. I mean, I think when they offered it to me, I didn't want it, but I also felt like, again, it's a job. You should just try it. You, uh, I should, you might I should, have been great at it. I Who should knows? give it a trial. Yeah. Um, but I do wonder if I was just going into Monday knowing that I wasn't going to accept it, that like I was just kind of paying, oh, yeah. paying lip damned, service to... Damned before you began. Yeah. I thought I had a moral, but I, I don't know that I do. Yeah. I think that it's a truly pointless tale. <laughs> yeah. You've done it. I'm sorry I told it. It feels bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering now why it went over well at work today. It went over well at work? Yeah. That story? Yeah. I'd find that very hard to believe. Do you think... Oh, wait. Hold on. Sorry. We forgot. You forgot. The story you were telling to me was a story within a story. Right. So, So you just inadvertently finished the story. The original... The story you started telling me is a story about you telling the story at work. So finish the story. Oh, the story at work. So the, you've, the point you got of that. to the point where of the story where it just ends. Yeah. Now let's move back, move up a layer. Yeah. Inception wise. Yeah. What happened at work today? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the story within the story was the point because there is no story outside of the, oh, okay. the, the nested okay. that story. Was, that was just the introduction. Why did you tell the story about telling the story at work? Because why did you this, start this story with that story? This person was trying to show me how to do something on Excel. Oh, and that's why you told the story. And he was surprised I couldn't do it. And I was like, listen, I have a long history of being bad uh, at Excel. I see. I see. Here's an example. Okay. Well, in that case, then, you told the story to illustrate to this man that you are unteachable and he should stop bothering <laughs> trying to tell you what he was trying to tell you. <laughs> Which is very kind. Yeah. Maybe because there was a, a moral or a point. Yeah. That's what made it. You were like Aesop. You were like, let me tell you a parable and that, also, will, that will illustrate the way forward for you. I mean, I was telling it to you as if I was telling you a story, and therefore it was my job to land it somewhere. What made it work at work today, mm-hmm. or at least what prevented it from like falling completely <laughs> flat, was that when I got to the point in the story where you kind of asked, is that it? Yeah. Is that all there yeah. is? My colleague sort of took the baton oh, and he ran with it uh-huh. and he gave it meaning mm-hmm. where you didn't yeah. <laughs> No, but he, well, he gave it the meaning that i didn't like right, he, right, he right, was right, the one right. who kind of landed it for me but he had the context that i didn't have exactly yeah and i we were this isn't my fault i just want this is all i'm saying <laughs> this is this is 100 percent on you yeah what was his takeaway I think it's not going to be interesting because it was the context is so narrow. Oh, yeah, that's what. So what I'm learning about the, I think the the takeaway of this story that you're telling, uh-huh. like this top level story right now at this moment, yeah. is that context really matters. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does. Jedediah is a man who once was a boy, and he wrote down all his feelings in a diary to enjoy. Now he's reading it again, reading it for you. Maybe you'll recognize yourself too. Jedi Diaries, Jedi Diaries, that's the name of this podcast. And now the song is through. I um, was a very bad tour guide at Ben and Jerry's, as I told you. Yeah. And I remember the only good tour I ever gave. And I think I gave about twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> that can't be. I did twenty five hundred. I did the math, and it was somewhere between twenty three and twenty five hundred tours. I have a face of shock on right now. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. That's that's hard to even comprehend. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the best one? Do you, no, not the, the be- worst. Well, one. I mean the best one, but also the only good one. <laughs> okay, both true. 
was when... <laughs> Not only 2,500 tours, 2,500 bad tours. <laughs> 2,499 bad tours. <laughs> I went to see Conan O'Brien with Matt in New York. Oh. And the tour immediately following that. So we saw Conan on a Friday, say. Yeah. I went back to Vermont. Mm-hmm. I gave a tour that Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was writing Conan's performance, and oh, I you were, you were in, that, you like kind of taken some of it home with you. I took some of it home with me. I gave what I remember being a very engaged, very funny tour. People came up to me after, and they were like, "You were hilarious. That was really? wonderful." Yeah, like, just like Conan. They it said. was the only time I ever got a compliment on a tour, <laughs> <laughs> but I very quickly lost it. Did you realize at the time that what had happened? I think so. Yeah. I think I probably had adopted some of Conan's. I mean, I was a very poor man's Conan, but yeah, obviously. But uh, I think I'd kind of taken on some of his mannerisms. But I also was thinking faster. Something was transferred. It was fleeting because it only lasted like a day. Well, a tour. Yeah, a touch of Conan. I think it was the first tour of the day. Then the, the remaining five tours <laughs> I gave the day. Right were, back to normal. <laughs> I reverted to the mean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one tour was, as I remember it. Wow. And maybe I'm elevating it in my mind, but it no, was... I, uh, I bet you're not. Something happened. Yeah. I wonder if you'd like kind of before each tour, if you'd just listened to a few minutes of Conan, if mm-hmm. that would kind of like been something you could have repeated. Maybe. But I watched him pretty regularly those days. I think it was something it about... It was seeing him in live. His presence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it was. He really did transfer some of his energy. Yeah. To, to you. Mm-hmm. I was home this past weekend in Vermont. And my mom said, can you do me one favor on the podcast? And I said, what? And she said, can you please stop talking about things that you're bad at? She said, you make yourself sound incompetent, incapable. <laughs> well, hold on. I mean, that story you just you just told, uh, technically, you, you did just talk about a time when you were good at something. <laughs> yeah. You talked about the one time you did a good job as a tour guide. <laughs> yeah. So that's for you. That one was for you, Sandy. <laughs> I do have some strengths, but among them are not accounting nor (laughs) tour guiding. That's fine. And that's fine. You can easily get by without being good at either one of those. (laughs) Yeah. Hello and welcome to week 39 of the Jedi Diaries. I am your host, Jedediah Baker. I'm Tori Puckett. Well, Tori, this is one thing, at least this is one thing you're very good at. What? The podcast. Oh. You asshole. (laughs) Well, the jury's still out. <laughs> Stop it. They're not. Folks, if you like Tori on this podcast, <laughs> call it to no, and that'll be, if no one calls, we'll feel bad. <laughs> no, I'm with Sandy on this one. You're good at this, and you should accept that. Please accept it. I accept it. Great. We've all got strengths. We've all got weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't be good at everything you put your hand to. I think the real moral of all these stories is, at least you tried. Yeah. Did you? No. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, well, let's see what what I was trying to do 25 years ago. (laughs) September 25th. Mark is here. Me, Dad, and Josie went to the craft fair in Stowe. I bought a tape... I rented Global Gladiators. I'm tired. Dad is out dancing. Oh. 
Your dad dancing. Dad is out dancing with his girlfriend, now his wife, mm-hmm. Ellen, not mom. And they're doing West Coast Swing. They're out in the town. West Coast Swinging. It's a country kind of dance. Okay. A country dance with a bunch of cool moves yeah. and hats. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I'm home with Mark. Playing Global Gladiators? Playing something called Global Gladiators. Is it like American Gladiators at a global scale? I would imagine. Let's see. Oh. 1992 platform game. Mm. I'm trying to get to the gist of it. It's a spiritual successor to the NES game MC Kids. Do you know that game? No. Uh, it's a single player Mick game. Mick Kids? Mick or Mac. Is it a McDonald's game? Oh, yeah. Ronald McDonald. Oh. It's a McDonald's game. Huh. They really buried the lead in this one. <laughs> they did. Yeah, the sequel to McKids, mm-hmm. which is clearly uh, propaganda. Yeah. Mac and Me. You know that movie? Yeah. That was a McDonald's movie, right? I don't think so. Oh, really? I thought Mac I... is a little weird alien. He is, fella. but I thought there was some tie-in with McDonald's. Is that why his name is Mac? That's what I thought. I thought it was like a McDonald's underwritten or sponsored Except it's E.T. Ma- knockoff. Except it's M-A-C. M-A-C, yeah. McDonald's is I could M-C. be wrong. Maybe McDonald's heavily promoted it. There's some tie-in. There's some relationship there. What year was Mac and Me? late 80s i think early 90s it's very bad yes it is when you think what will i buy at a craft fair you don't usually think tape no i imagine it was an audio tape Mm -hmm. i do remember the craft fair i remember i remember buying very small ceramic animals at the craft oh really those are those are my that's my takeaway from that craft fair we would go every i mean i think we we would go pretty frequently yeah it was like at the hockey rink oh yeah i remember the craft fair yeah September 26th. Dad and Josie went to a wrestling match. I took a shower. I washed my hair. The drain was clogged. I cleaned the tub. We played with Bodhi. (laughs) Those are some bathtub facts we've never been privy to before. That's interesting. I cleaned in the the scheme of things. Yeah. The drain was clogged, and I, maybe I was unclogging the drain, and I was like, you know what? While I'm down here, I'm going to give this tub a clean. <laughs> God, I hope it's not the first time it's been clean. My goodness. <laughs> it probably never has a chance to get dirty, because I'm always bathing. <laughs> the things that you deem worth writing in a day. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really is the, the great mystery of this year. And the days that you declare nothing happened. You know? <sighs> like, the... the Cleaning the tub rises above the level of... This would be a day where the epithet nothing happened yeah. would be, you know, very warranted. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> I record four sentences about the bath tub. <laughs> You're taking some ownership, though. Maybe, you know, oh, yeah. up to this point, you hadn't been responsible for cleaning any portion of the house. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, time for me to take a little bit of responsibility for my favorite portion of the house. <laughs> yeah. The tub. I think that's nice. I'm glad I wrote it down. Yeah, me too. Ridiculous, but I'm <laughs> you know, I'm glad I did it. Dad and Josie went to a wrestling match, mm-hmm. probably in, in Burlington, I imagine. Josie, very into wrestling yeah. growing up. Really loved the Hulkster and all that. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I don't know these people. The Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Is, oh. He, he called himself the Hulkster. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Okay. Andre the Giant. Yeah. I heard of him. Steve Sandbag Willis. Is that a real? No. <laughs> you could have fooled me. <laughs> the Undertaker. He had like a scary mask. Is I that don't right? think so. I think oh. he was just dressed all in black. Oh. 
Okay. A wide-brimmed hat, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> it was fake wrestling. There right? were some twins. I might be thinking of G.I. Joe. Uh, yeah, it was fake. Okay. It was always fake. Mm-hmm. It was always just a show. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, I think that's a lovely... You know, there was a narrative to it. I never was into it, and I think partially because Josie was into it, and, mm-hmm. and therefore it was bad to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. There's a drawing that I did when I was much younger of the living room at on Park Street. It's a drawing of Josie watching wrestling mm-hmm. and me on the couch holding a pillow over my head, screaming. <laughs> a speech bubble along the entire top of the drawing. What was the purpose of this drawing? You just it, want I, Just to illustrate my plight, mm-hmm. I guess. I'm not sure. I don't know why. And it's like a very detailed. It's got all the shelves. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this drawing. And it's merely to illustrate me not liking that my brother likes something. September 27th. Nothing happened today. (laughs) I went to Taekwondo. My legs are covered with bug bites. (laughs) I taped over the secrets of the Muppets. Oh, no. I'm tired. Not. (laughs) Got you. You think you accidentally taped over the secrets? I don't know. It doesn't say. Mm -hmm. I'm... Gosh, there's two possibilities here. Mm -hmm. One, I taped over the secrets of the Muppets by accident, and I'm just writing this down. That doesn't seem noteworthy, but that's actually not a really... That's not a good metric for whether or not I write something yeah. down. Or, and this is kind of what I'm afraid happened, my failed puppet show really put me off the Muppets. Yeah. Last week, Jim Henson was my hero. <laughs> yeah. This week, I'm taping over. <laughs> I'm, I, this this week, I don't want his name in my house. <laughs> and that makes me really worried. Because I've always wanted to be a Muppeteer. I yeah. think that would be unbelievable. And yeah. I'm wondering if I've inadvertently recorded the moment where that dream died. Mm-hmm. Because I tried it. Mm-hmm. And I failed. And I decided, well, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's possible? It could be. I'd like to think that the play didn't go as bad as you record. I mean, I know it didn't, but I'd like to think that you were just feeling down on yourself or something. If you think back, what are your feelings about... I mean, you still love Jim Henson. So... I still love Jim Henson. I just know that I'm not a Muppeteer today. Yeah. And I and at one point I wanted to be, mm-hmm. you know, but kids want to be astronauts. Right. And they don't turn out to be astronauts. And it's not because they had a bad experience regarding an <laughs> astronaut once. Right. You know, it's just you kind of realize, oh, well, that's not realistic. Or, mm-hmm. oh, I don't actually want to do that. Yeah. But... <sighs> This is a case where the bits of information that the diary are giving us Mm -hmm. paint a picture that is new to me and something I've never really considered before. And I just, this is a situation where this could be the case. Yeah. I don't really know because, because I just don't. I was taking it to be a, like I accidentally taped over the Muppets and and, the secret of the Muppets, but it could be defiant. Like I, I taped over the Muppets. That's that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which do you think it was? I mean, I'm starting to lean toward the latter interpretation, which does make me sad. This is me wondering if we're looking at a linchpin moment rather than a moment where I was pissed off for a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I'm extrapolating this kind of grand design out of mm-hmm. this this very small sequence of events. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could have just been fussy. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have just been off the Muppets for a few days. Mm-hmm. And it could have been a mistake. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like I would have said by accident if it was a mistake. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that's the conclusion we can come to is that this is either this is either a turning point in my life or it isn't. <laughs> that's true. September twenty eighth. Animaniacs was funny. I'm tired. I hardly had any homework. Nothing happened today. I'm tired. September 29th. I went to Taekwondo. I hope Matt and Tori join. Dad bought instrumental magic tape. I got a Nintendo Power. Bodhi was making noises. <laughs> instrumental magic? Well, I don't know if you could tell how excited I got when I read that. I did. Instrumental magic? Holy shit. What a tape. It was a tape of literally just instrumental songs, uh, among them Kenny G style. Was... Kenny G style, like a, just a saxophone solo. It, oh. was, it was just a tape of songs without any words, oh. which at the time... I found very novel, and oh, I really? really, really loved. Yeah, I really, really took to. It, I mean, it's it's basically a lot of it. Kind of as I think about it now, it's kind of like music. Yeah, yeah. But I good. really, really liked it. I think they might have been something he bought on off of a TV ad. Oh, really? Yeah. You heard it. You loved it. Yeah, I was like, Dad, please, I need this. My dad listened for a period of time in the early '90s, almost exclusively to Kenny G. So I was wondering if you took a ride in our car and you're like. <laughs> Now, now, what is this? <laughs> hey, hey, Gary. <laughs> Gary, who is this? Shut up. He's about to do a solo. <laughs> Transcendent solo. <laughs> it's Gary blowing a cigarette out the window. So he goes 90 up the mountain road. Kenny G blasting. None of that's true. Just to put that out there. I mean, he liked Kenny G, but that's the only thing that's true yeah, the about, rest that, of about that scenario. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that I don't have a lot to say about it today, but mm. I remember at the time it being like one of my most coveted possessions. Yeah. So I've pulled up, I've pulled up the instrumental magic, a, a picture of the tape. Oh, wow. Tori, and... Yeah, okay, this is... It's not, Muzak is not correct. No. It, these are like orchestral... Many of them from popular films. Yeah. Chariots of Fire, for example. That's one I can, I can, I mean, who Vangelis, can't? Yeah. Yeah, but that, that really, I listen to it a lot. I listen to all those songs a lot. The theme from Hawaii Five O. Yeah. Theme from Ordinary People. A Fifth of Beethoven. Oh. <laughs> the Rockford Files theme. Yeah. Thus spoke Zarathustra. Yeah. That's better than I imagined, I have to say. The theme from Dynasty, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I mean, re- some real dueling banjos. It's oh, just man. all these classic, classic hits. These are some of the songs that defined... The latter half of the 20th century. All on a little tape. Yeah. The soundtrack to our lives. <sighs> Chariots of Fire. I have a story about that. Is that it? Shortly <laughs> after. Yeah, that's it. Shortly after I was let go from being an accountant, <laughs> I found myself unemployed and unmoored. I spent what little money I had on brie cheese. <laughs> And I was up late one night. Oh my god, I almost just did a real spit take. <laughs> oh, what? I remember my parents telling me, you have... Tori, you can't spend your money, all your money on brie cheese. Yeah, they were like, you have $500 in the bank. 
you cannot, the last thing. You cannot afford to be buying $20 blocks of cheese. They were right. <laughs> what were you doing? I was up late one night eating brie <laughs> and watching Chariots of Fire. What the fuck? That was the moment I knew something had to change. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? That sounds pretty great to me, to be honest, I think. I mean, it was great, There's, but it yeah. was also... You were like, like this uh, is not sustainable. It wasn't. <laughs> and I remember I could that, do this maybe 20 more times, and then I'll die. That sounds ridiculous, but it yeah. was there was a moment of clarity or realization. Like, I, this is not a sustainable path. Yeah. I need to figure some stuff out about my life. That was a, a real turning point for yeah. you. Um, when was that? That was later than it should have been. I was in my mid to late twenties. What was the day? I can tell you the month. It was November of two thousand nine. I think. Okay. So again, later than it should have been. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of America was feeling like that then. That was that was just a year after the the economic collapse. Mm-hmm. You know, people probably still didn't have their lives together. Yeah, I'm sure that was a very common experience. Yeah, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A year later, I was in an entirely different place. So wow. So that moment was a meaningful one for me. You finished the story and you landed it, but somehow it still feels like yeah, you didn't. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. It seems like there's something else to be gleaned or taken or yeah. said about But there's that. not, no, because the turning point story is about the turning point. Yeah. And you told it. You know, a lot of people misunderstand a climax as being at the end of a story. Mm-hmm. But the climax is the most important action of, of the story. Is before that correct? The, before the denouement. Yeah. And the denouement is you changed your life. Yeah. But yeah. So the climax of that story is you eating cheese, watching, <laughs> watching Chariots of Fire and realizing, oh no. Yeah. I don't know what it, I feel like there is something there, but I don't know what it is. Folks, if you have any idea what it is that is there, <laughs> give the tip line a call. 1-802-851-9578. September 30th. It is late. Bodhi was pissed off tonight. I am depressed for some reason. I am going to get a bad grade on my science project. I hope I won't. (laughs) Well, there's nothing funny about that. Poor little guy. Depressed. Depressed for some reason. Mm -hmm. Probably because my dream of becoming a Muppeteer has been utterly crushed. (laughs) Maybe instrumental magic isn't doing it for me. I think and, I, that, and I'm sad about that. I think it, I mean, it probably varies, but I think this is the age where these early teen years or preteen, slightly preteen years are, I think when people start for the first time, maybe feeling depressed for some reason. Yeah. I think before that, it's huh. just like, I'm sad because of X. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure kids younger than this sadly feel depression yeah. and unnamed depression, but around this time is when I remember also identifying I am depressed for some reason. Right. And and characterizing it as depression, not just like I am sad, you know? Yeah. So you're saying it's the first time that you feel sad, but you don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. And also there's a lot going on. in our Yeah. Right. Feeling like it's something more than sadness. Yeah. So that is sad. I'm sad now. Me too. You felt ill prepared for your science test. Just I'm I am I state with some certainty I am going to get a bad grade on my science project. Mm-hmm. First we've heard of it, mm-hmm. and I hope I don't. October first, Matt is sleeping over. 
Me, him, and Josie fought. We watched a movie. <laughs> it is late. I'm tired. George and Moya and kids are coming tomorrow. Oh boy. They'll wreck the place. <laughs> They'll wreck the place. They'll wreck the place. Yeah, I think they were a bit of a, um, a like a... Like a whirlwind yeah. they would come by. I mean, last time they were here, they left a lot of their stuff behind. So <laughs> I think they just kind of show up. I guess they did. Yeah, they wrecked the shelf last leave time. Leave a mark. So, so. Yeah. Well, I can't can't wait to see what Baba destroys this time. <laughs> what do you mean you fought, you and Josie? And you, it must you, have been a play. A we play. must have been play fighting, right? Because, yeah, I, I mean, we think. fought and then watched a movie. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem like those one one of those things doesn't really lead directly into the other. <laughs> yeah. But, well, maybe. Maybe we fought to a resolution and mm-hmm. then said, you know what we could use? Fellas, this newly found peacetime, a film. What film? No idea. I'll tell you what movie popped into my head, even though I have no reason to believe well, it was okay. this. Dr. Giggles. Is that a horror film? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't know why I thought Dr. Giggles, huh. but if I had to guess, it would be Dr. Giggles. I am almost certainly wrong, but that was yeah. what popped into my head. I hope you are. <laughs> what is Dr. Giggles? Oh, it was a, he wasn't really a doctor, yeah. but he, he killed people yeah. while dressed as a doctor. Oh, I don't like that. That's scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't good, but that was a movie. Why would that come into your head? I don't know. I haven't thought about that movie in years, so there's really no explanation. Well, there's one explanation. It was the movie we watched, <laughs> and, and you remember. I wasn't there, though. I know, but you could have heard about it That's true. the next day. Mm-hmm. It is October, so maybe you're gearing... Spooky. Matt loves this time <laughs> of year. That's true. Maybe you're, yeah, you're maybe Matt up. came over and was like, it's October, time to get spooked. <laughs> uh, oh my God, it's October. October. October 1st, that means we're three quarters of the way through the year. Really? We got three months left. Good God. Remarkable. We've made it. We've made it. (laughs) I mean, I vaguely remember Dr. Giggles, and I wish I didn't. Um, I've never seen Chariots of Fire. Oh, yeah, you should. Um, I did watch Shampoo. On, on, oh, your, did you? on your suggestion. Did you like it? I did. I liked it very much. Oh, good. It was a wonderful It's a wonderful great movie. Film. When did Chariots of Fire come out? It came out in 1981, and unlikely best picture winner wow it was a small british movie the underdog much like the runners in the movie what is jared's fire about it's about a small band of british sprinters i guess who again are the underdogs and they they often train on the beach famously yeah. to vangelis's oh, okay. sweet sweet strength are they listening to it or just is the audience just the audience it? okay this is pre pre walkman were they <laughs> were they doing the 100 meter dash it was a short i think it was a short distance they were running so yeah. it could have been the 100 meter so um, like the runners in chariots of fire mm-hmm. we are now in the last 25 meters that's right of a 100 meter dash mm-hmm. this is this is the that's the part of a sprint where you really got to turn it on. Jedda Diaries, the Jedda Diaries, that's the name of this podcast. And now this episode is through. Sounds of instrumental magic today. Three records or two cassette tapes, only $19.95. Two compact discs, only $24.95. Here's how to order. 
Border Curl Toll Free, 1-800-257-8700. That's 1-800-257-8700. Or send $19.95 for records or cassettes or $24.95 for two compact discs. Plus $4 shipping and handling to Instrumental Magic, PO Box 1144-C, Monument, Colorado.